Hello and welcome to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. My name is Christina Kerr. I work at Spotlight and today we are talking about telling LGBTQ plus stories with director Simon Wegrin. Simon made the film Hold Hands or Hide about his own experiences as a gay man and we're going to talk all about how you do storytelling on film and in TV as well as how you can get your story out there. So tips about festivals and that sort of thing. We also discuss some of the media topics, such as whether or not you should be out to your agent and what authentic casting really looks like. So take a listen. Simon, thank you so much for joining us on thank the Spotlight you. Podcast. <laughs> thank you. I'm really excited. Me too. This is your first podcast, you tell the, me. Uh, yeah, this is my first podcast. Yeah, I um, listen to lots of podcasts, but this is my first one. Oh, I'm glad so we I'm could really be the excited. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great. I'm really excited about this episode because we're talking about lots of different things, um, directing, storytelling, and LGBTQ plus mm. issues in the industry. Um, and so, I, but before we get into all that sort of meaty stuff, I kind of just want to start with you. And how did you become interested in directing? Okay. Um, I was an actor for years. I graduated <clears throat> 2004. <laughs> 2005. Okay. I'll say 2005. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was an actor for, for many years and, and had a lovely time doing it. And I had some really wonderful opportunities. But there was just something that didn't feel mm, right. right. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely one of those actors who kept saying, why? Right. Why? Why? <laughs> And there were directors who welcomed that, and there were also directors who yeah, didn't. wanted me to zip Shush. the lips. Um, and I, as I very quickly kind of realised that actually I, I wanted to be the one behind the camera or directing the actors, whether that's theatre, TV or film, making artistic choices, making creative choices, um, and inviting people into that environment. I've met some lovely directors, uh, one in particular, uh, a female director called Bex Rycroft. Um, and I met her maybe two, three years ago, not long at all. And her support was just utterly invaluable. Just saying, you can do this, you'll be great at this. Yeah. And at the same time, being at the end of the phone and talking to me about camera lenses and talking to me about how I should work myself on set. Right. Um, so having someone like that on the end, on the end of the phone is utterly valuable and I, I, I can't thank her enough for that and there are many other people who've been mentors for me but there's something about TV and film that really captures my imagination and captures my heart and I love that I'm creating pictures and thinking about the audience and thinking about what they specifically see yeah for sure whereas with theatre you can the beauty of theatre is you can you can look anywhere yes and I love that, but at the same time, I like to kind of get closer to the action and closer to the story. Right, there's a specificity about Yeah, and I can draw the eye in that way. I'm still emerging. I'd still call myself a novice. <laughs> um, it's only really been the last year where I feel like I am a director and this is what I do and this is what I will do. I want to ask you a bit more about that sort of changeover point because obviously coming from an acting background, you've got, well, you've kind of got an insider view, right, about mm. how you deal with people on set or what the actor's point of view is um, but in terms of all that technical stuff like you mentioned lenses and whatnot yeah. like what was that process like for you did you have to like massively upskill or what was that learning mm. process like I sort of had to go back to school again I mean I didn't <laughs> actually go back to film school or anything 
um, I sort of feel that communicating with actors is something I can do very well. Right. Um, yeah, as you say, the, the technical side that's extremely scary. You know, mm. I know my shot sizes. I now know a good many lenses <laughs> um, and, and, and lingo and things like that. And, and working with the DOP, working with the producer, working with the sound department, working with the production department, the art department. There's so many departments. And there was a, a period when I just sort of allowed myself to, to be the ultimate collaborator. Right. I just invited people's ideas in. Yes. <laughs> to sort of learn that way. Um, and now I'm sort of tweaking it where I am absolutely a collaborator, but I'm able to kind of dictate the directions that I might want to go in a little bit better. Um, but yeah, the technical stuff was very difficult and I had to go on YouTube a lot. Yep. Read books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still learning. Um, I'm about to do another course at Raindance that is specifically about the camera. Because as, as I make more films, I want to get more adventurous. Of course, yeah. I'm about to make my next film, and I would love to shoot that on 35mm. But that will mean I can sort of go back into a theatrical environment, I guess, and rehearse with the actors until, yeah. until the moment they step in front of camera. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm still learning about camera, <laughs> and, um, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really interesting point for anybody listening. I know that lots of our actors do take up cameras or, or try other roles like directing or producing, etc. Mm. So I think that's really valuable. I want to ask you something about your bio for a second. Okay. So in your on your website and in your bio in general, you describe yourself as someone who uses your art to make positive change. Yeah. I just kind of want to know what you mean by that. What's What do you mean by positive change? Um, I feel like... In the world at the moment, there are a lot of pillars. Mm. Whether they are heteronormative pillars, whether they are misogynist pillars, right? homophobic, transphobic, against any sort of gender fluidity, anything like that really. And I sort of feel like we are making progress. I have to take myself out of London to see the real state of affairs. Yeah. In London, we are in a beautiful, for the most part, in a beautiful liberal bubble. So true. And I find when I leave London, I am continuously calling people up. And it sort of get, it gets it gets me really emotional, actually. I, I constantly call people up on sexist words, racist words, transphobic words, homophobic words. And it really grinds my gears. Mm. And I'm calling it out so much that I'm just... I'm sort of left in despair going, why? Why are people still... We're in 2019. Why are people still saying these words yeah. and not considering the wider community and the beauty of that community? So, you know, I'm only setting out on my journey as, as, a, as a director, but my aim is to create work that smashes down those last pillars and creates positive conversation and positive change. I think certainly with gay storylines at the moment, um, and they've been really important, but it's been a lot about coming out all the hardships of being yeah. gay. And while I think that is incredibly important, it's now time to kind of push past that slightly. Um, those, those stories are, are not invalid at all. They still need to happen. But how can we push past that? Right. Um, and it's not about the person being queer. 
being gay, being lesbian, being trans, being non-binary, being asexual, pansexual, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. It's just about them being human and their story is valid. And whatever that story is, we're not focusing on their queerness. Right. We're focusing on the story. And they just happen to be queer. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that's such an interesting and important point. We you know, have held diversity forums and talks and often what comes up as a point of frustration, particularly for actors, is that it's, it, you know, that role will finally come along, a lesbian role, a gay role, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, and it's about trauma yes, and not much else, which is obviously a really deep and important topic to look into, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally get what you're saying yeah. there. Like it needs to kind of, it's not just coming out or the sort of traumas that go with coming out and that sort of storyline. There are other storylines as well that could be pursued. There's, there's so many more. Totally. And I think you know, the trauma is important. You know, hate yeah. crime against the community yes. has surged nearly 80% yes. since particularly with Brexit. Yeah. As, as soon as Brexit happened, yes. it, it, it surged, it skyrocketed. Absolutely. It's horrifying. And and so and you know I, I think of stories of those there were two boys on the Jubilee line coming back from a gig at the O2, and they were dressed to the gods and just yes. living their unicorn fantasy. Yeah, and they had glitter on and they they were living their best life and surrounded by lots of people who were at the same gig, mm. and they shared a kiss on the tube, and were both strangled and put in headlocks and forced to apologise for being queer and mm. being femme and enjoying yeah. that identity. Um, so it still goes on. It still goes on. and Even in London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's worse elsewhere. Mm. I go to my hometown or I go up north and, you know, take yourself away from Manchester or Liverpool or Birmingham and go somewhere that is, is not a city. Yeah. And it's even worse. Yeah, for sure. What do you think um, it is about film then or filmmaking that is a particularly good vehicle for telling these stories? Is it more free to play or explore tough storylines? Yeah, I think you can really get into the grit. Um, but also it's it's accessible. Mm. I've got a film at the moment called Hold Hands or Hide. Um, yes, and I've that seen was it. Based... It's oh, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. That was based on my experience. Right. Um What's been incredible about that film is if I want to, and I'm being very careful about where I place it, um, but if I wanted to, I could whack it on YouTube. I could whack it on Vimeo. I could even whack it on Facebook. The reach that it has online mm. is huge. Yeah. Um, it's currently on Amazon Prime, which is a brilliant platform because that's on Amazon Prime UK and Amazon Prime US. So yes. actually that's, that's going out even further. Whilst I love theatre, theatre is very much set where it's been made if it's if it's if it's london made it's it's performed in london, london and yeah. yes people can come and see it and yes it can go on tour um and don't get me wrong there are theater shows that absolutely bring in mm. huge wide audiences yeah but there's something about film and tv that for me goes a, a little bit further yeah and maybe just maybe my little film about two queer people who get abused might just reach someone in Alabama. Right. Or Peru. Yeah. And actually it did. It it reached a non-binary identifying creative in Peru who set up 
um, a preview in a film festival called Outfest Peru. Mm. And they contacted me and said, we'd really like to present this film here because LGBT rights are down the drain. Right. Um, and when that happens, it, it, it's, it's quite an unbelievable moment because yeah. you're like, this small film that I made in Forest Hill in <laughs> London um, on £500 mm. has reached someone Across the world. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's amazing. So that's why I focus on film and TV. Yes. It's got a further reach. And if I want to tell stories that kind of knock down those pillars, then we want to get as far as we can. And with it, for sure. I wanted to ask you about your film as sort of my next question, actually. Uh. You've preempted me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about Hold Hands or Hide because it's mm. a very emotional story um, and it's about quite a traumatic event and sort of dealing with that. I just wanted to ask you a bit more about the motivation. I know it was based on real events, but Mm -hmm. would you be able to talk us through that process a bit? How did you take what happened and turn it into Mm, that film? Yeah. Um, It it, it first came about, I was having a a conversation with my fiancé and and he said to me, "I, I really want to hold your hand in public. I had kept it very deeply rooted in my body so it didn't really come out but down deep in there there was this person saying I police myself and I perform this kind of policing mathematics as I as I leave my house and I go right there's a pub there and there's four very butch men standing outside with pints very drunken I'll cross the street or I'll change the way I walk Mm. Things like that, and I, 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 it's, it sounds really silly, but I, I would really police myself, and th- there are times when I could hold his hand, if I was in Old Compton Street, um, but even then, I was, I, I always just felt like people were watching me, right, um, and people maybe are, but a lot of the time, people aren't, mm. um, but just in my head, psychologically, there was something just saying, you are being watched, right. you are being watched. And I spoke to a lot of um, queer people and I sort of said to them, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this? What are your feelings? And the amount of people who came back to me saying, I cannot hold hands with my same sex partner mm. um, or my queer identifying partner. It, it's, it's, too cha- it's too challenging. Yeah. Too challenging. I've, I've got a friend who, um, and he was in the film actually, uh, Kevin Grogan. Oh. Um, he's a beautiful actor. Beautiful actor, and also an impeccable drag queen. Right. But but sits um, both both the Kevin persona and the drag persona uh, called Veronica Green. Right. Actually, it's more female impersonation, but it's it, it's actually more than that. I think there's a fine line between the gender fluidity there. Yes. And actually, it's it's wrong to go that, that that's Kevin and that's and that's Veronica. Actually, they are the same person and it's it's blending and I was really inspired by people like Kevin Mm. Um, and I've got friends who proudly walk out into the street um, wearing makeup and expressing themselves in fantastic ways yes but each of them finds it difficult at times Mm. to to push through that and to say up yours to those pillars that have been created you know yes it's 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 difficult I guess one thing I was wondering about it is is that kind of responsibility of taking something 
quite real and quite raw. What do you feel the responsibility is? How do you handle that kind of pressure, I guess, to faithfully represent an issue? Is it important that the storyteller is you, someone who is of the community and has actually experienced that? Do you think that's kind of a key Yeah, I do think that it? plays a part, yeah. I um, I think it's very important, actually. I, I, I came up with an idea about um, a genderqueer child Right. And how the par- how the parents navigate their child in this world as a child who identifies as, as, as genderqueer. And I sort of sat there and I was talking to my fiance and I was saying, yes, I have this idea, but I'm not sure I'm the right person mm. to direct this. I'm a gay man. I identify as queer. Telling the story that you identify with is really important. Um, you have the unique perspective the unique voice to channel that story and to push it forward. Mm. So I do think it is important. But at the same time, you know, I am a feminist and I'm directing a film later on in the year where the central character is um, an elderly female. Right. And I wanted to do that film because you don't see enough strong female representation, no let way. alone yeah. an elderly female represented in a strong way. There's an amazing scene. I won't talk too much about it, <laughs> but it explores her sexuality. Yeah. She's in her 70s, 80s. And that too is quite rare. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're in such a youth-obsessed culture. So mm. I think so it's it important to be part of that community. Yeah. Actually, if you're an ally mm-hmm. as well, then if it feels right and you feel that you can bring a voice to that, then absolutely you should. Yeah. I want to kind of... Not to be provocative here, but I just want to know then if you are telling stories that you strongly identify with, do you feel that that is in any way limiting long term in terms of writing what you know? Do you think it's okay then to sort mm. of artistically, how does that feel to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've, I've thought about that a lot, um, which is why I've been working on making my own stuff. Mm. I think... There's a little part of me that says, yes, I'm going to be this radical new voice <laughs> and the work will come. But, um, yeah, no, it, it will it will be limiting. You know, don't get me wrong. If someone came to me and said, will you direct this horror film? Of yes. course I would, because I love horror. <laughs> but what I would try and do is question the characters and right. their identities mm. and experiment with the casting. Yeah. So as long as I can put my stamp in there somewhere. Yeah. There are um, other topics and things to explore. For sure. For yeah. sure. You mentioned casting just then, and I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about this because, again, another topic we talk a lot about is authenticity in casting. Mm-hmm. And so having, if it's an LGBTQ plus character, having someone of the community play that part, how important is that for you personally? Does it have to be a gay man playing a gay man, or what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's super important. I think... Um, there's, there's been a lot of talk about this recently, um, gay men playing the straight lead. Yes. And whilst there are a lot of actors who do that, there are a lot of actors being discriminated against because yeah. they might be slightly femme or they're not quite the look yep. of this straight heroic lead. So in a way, you know, I think... Any of these queer roles, absolutely, we should be opening up to, to the queer community. That's not to say that, um, I don't know, say I was doing a film about 
two men who are married and, and maybe going through a divorce. Right. I absolutely wouldn't rule out heterosexual actors. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested in what they could bring to it mm. and why they wanted to come into it um, and what their unique perspective would be. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, and I absolutely think if there's um, a trans storyline or a non-binary storyline, then we absolutely should be championing those talents absolutely. and those creatives. There's a company at the moment on Twitter who I follow called The Queer House. Yes, we've had Queer House in. the oh fabulous. I, they don't know me, I don't know them. <laughs> but um, Hello, Queer House. <laughs> Hello, Queer House. I want to get to know them because what they are doing is extraordinary. Yeah. It, it's been a long time coming and I'm so glad they're doing it. Yes. You look on their list of talent, it's so wonderful to see. Yes, for sure. And they kind of address that other level of what you were just saying, which is that um, part of the issue when it comes to sort of casting authentically is a lot of actors don't want to actually reveal mm. how they identify because they're afraid of that exact thing, that if exactly. I am known to be a lesbian... Will I ever get another straight part? Yeah. So that's another kind of layer to that problem. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that in terms of like how, I mean, were you out as an actor? Did you make that known immediately? What would you say to others in no, that I position? Was very closeted for okay. a long time. Oh, yes. No, I was, I was closeted for a long time. And, 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 uh, who was I fooling? <laughs> <laughs> I, that, you know, I remember I was doing. Um, a Mark Ravenhill play in Manchester at the Lowry. Mm-hmm. And it was citizenship. And it was about a young boy coming out. And I played the out and proud gay man right. in the second half of the play who seduces him and sort of introduces him to the gay world. The entire cast were like, you are gay, aren't you? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and we'd go out to bars and I'd force myself to to kiss girls just to kind of prove that I wasn't. It was awful. Right. But And I was surrounded by very open, very liberal and wonderful actors who absolutely wouldn't have said anything. But there was just something in my head saying, don't tell them you're gay because it's, it's, it's going to freak out the lead actor who's straight mm. because he might think you're getting off on this. Yeah. Um, and it might freak out cast members. Mm. It probably wouldn't have. No, but. but I think there's that sort of thing in the back of actors' minds that, you know, I don't know how this is going to affect my position in this yeah. production. And I think the other concern is, like, future employability, really. I think that's the big For sure, for thing, sure. Which is super tough. But, but I think there's, there's, there's something at the moment sort of going back to... to um, are trans artists and, and non-binary genderqueer artists. I saw a TV show recently where a trans male performer was playing a cisgendered straight man. And that was amazing. It was amazing to see. And I'm so glad that that TV show did that. Yeah, and it doesn't always happen, but... No, it doesn't always happen. But I, I saw that on TV and I thought that that was... A step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a show on TV at the moment called Pose, which I am obsessed with. Yes. Have you seen it? I have not. Everyone keeps telling me about it, though. <laughs> it's impeccable. It's impeccable. Okay. But um, we've got an entire, pretty much an entire cast of trans females, and it's just incredible. Mm. But there's no reason why they shouldn't be playing straight female roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
for sure. I want to yeah. take a step back about what you were saying earlier with the sort of getting the story out there mm-hmm. and getting it heard. Do you have any advice? I mean, people listening to this might be wanting to tell their own stories, make their own films. Your film has ended up on Amazon Prime, as you said. Do you have any advice to people, practically speaking, about getting their stories out there? Mm, yeah. I think, um, first and foremost, just write it down. Yeah. Write down your loose storyline, your beginning, your middle and end. And then when you feel you've, you've got that framework, start embellishing and just get it down on paper and just make it. The great thing now is film festivals have got um, mobile phone categories. Right. People filming on mobile phones. Yeah. So I, I went to so many film festivals and I was really shocked and delighted to see the mobile phone category. Yes. Because you had all these grassroots people going, hey, I can make stuff, but I've got no money to make stuff. But here yeah. you go. But here's my story anyway. Yeah. And they're making, you know, they're making this story on their phone and they're editing on iMovie and they're going, done. It's done. So I think write it down, make it yourself. But at the same time, there are directors out there. There are producers out there looking for work, yeah. looking for scripts. I'm looking for scripts all the time. Yeah. That is an open call. <laughs> if you have anyone script, wants to get please, in touch. Yeah, please send it to me. I, I read scripts all the time and I love reading scripts. Yeah. Well, what for you makes for a good script? What's, the, what's a good story? in your? Mm. Are there sort of qualities that you look for? Yeah, it has to be a unique story, mm. a story that I feel has not been told before. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of carbon copies of the same story. Right. Um, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. But we see a lot of carbon copies of the same story with a slight twist. Right. I'm looking for those unique stories that come from unique voices, that come from marginalised communities. Yeah. That speak to a wider audience. And stories that educate me, you know, Yes, I identify as queer, but I'm still educating myself because if it's if it's taught me something, it's going to teach the wider Others, audience. Yeah, something. for sure, for sure. So, yeah. In terms of festivals, do you have any kind of practical advice about navigating those as mm. an artist? Because I think, well, I was just in Cannes last week. Amazing, how was that? It was lovely, but also a very... Terrifying? Um, terrifying, yeah, and kind of... I don't know. I, it made me slightly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. But there's so many tiers of who is allowed to do what, where there's a, there is an elite quality to it, mm-hmm. right? It's can. Um, but it did make me feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here a little. That was the feeling I kind of came away with. Yeah. Like, I am an imposter in this scenario. Um, do you have any advice to others in terms of like what festivals they should try is there much value to them going first before mm. they submit things what do you think yeah i think and i, I i've learned this recently just by applying to festivals yeah and of course you make a film and you go oh, i'm gonna send it to all the bafta qualifying festivals yeah, right. and all the academy Award qualifying festivals <laughs> yes and in your mind you're like oh i might just win that category yes <laughs> um you actually might you never yeah. know but um go on filmfreeway.com they list every festival in the world Okay. And it's incredible. Yeah. And you get brilliant grassroots small film festivals. There's loads in London. Yeah. I went to one um, called Sunday Shorts. Okay. And um, it's brilliant. It's very small. It's um, 
in a pub or, an, or a venue where it's there's a screen and there's maybe an audience of 40, 50, they play movies from emerging filmmakers. Right. Um, you can find something like that. Test out your film, test out the audience, test out being in a Q&A, because yes. being in a Q&A is frightening, <laughs> um, because you get lots of lots of questions yeah. and you might not be fully prepared for those but it it sort of gives you that experience and then you know i went to a fantastic film festival recently um the bristol independent film festival mm-hmm. um that was at the everyman cinema which is a beautiful cinema yes and we won the best lgbt film award um it was amazing. We got a beautiful trophy um, and had a wonderful time, drank lots of Prosecco. And that was kind of the closest I got to feeling like a bigger film festival. Yes. But then we went to Berlinale as well, which mm-hmm. is a big international festival. And while that runs like clockwork, it's very terrifying. Yeah. It's, um, it's a worldwide audience. And I sort of felt as though I wasn't ready for that yet. Yeah. I can get ready by building slowly and starting off with the smaller film festivals then building up to places like Bristol like um, Aesthetica which is in York Yeah. Um, there's brilliant ones in Wales Liverpool, Manchester all over the UK and all you've got to do is get on a train and, and you can be at these festivals and watch them or show a film there Yeah. I made my film signed up to Film Freeway and then before I knew it we had 25 official selections and we got 10 awards out of that. Amazing. If I can do that on £500, yeah, then, yeah, anyone can do it. Yeah, for sure. That is excellent advice. I hope everyone <laughs> wrote that down. Um, I want to ask you, I feel like I kind of know what you're going to say here, but um, we had a kind of question which was that about actors and, and their sort of position to make change so you obviously talked about you know going to directing because you kind of wanted to I guess own the story a little more but Mm. do you think actors are able to make change as actors or are they just entertainers no never entertainers (laughs) oh never I love actors oh my gosh um I love working with actors they they change my mind they are imagination workers yeah so there's so much more than entertainers. You know, absolutely. Um, there are there are jobs, and I love panto, but there are jobs where you get on stage and you're doing a panto and you dance and sing. But it's not, it's not just dancing and singing, actually. You yeah. are telling a story mm-hmm. and you are influencing a young person in that audience. Absolutely. You know, there's a moment in Jack and the Beanstalk um, <laughs> yeah. where they sell the cow. Right. I've seen that done where they go, oh, no, we're selling the cow. Oh, no, it's really sad. And then um, I watched a dame uh, called David Ashley um, sell the cow and then sing Smile. Right. And David performed this song with so much emotion and I forgot I was in a pantomime. But then I realised, actually, this is pantomime. Pantomime is fun and it's funny. But there should be moments of pathos. Mm. There should be moments that tell the story truthfully and connect to us. So actually, we're so much more than entertainers. Yes. You are always inspiring or changing the opinion of an audience member. For sure. And that is such a powerful tool. Yeah. Actors are the people who push the message even further from the writer and the director or the producer's vision. 
Yeah, for sure. I love actors. <laughs> Do you have any advice then for maybe a young actor who maybe they're unsure at this point of what, maybe they're not sure what their sexuality is, but maybe they're more concerned about how their sexuality might hold them back. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for that, an actor in that position? It, it's it's very easy to say, um, be your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's it's not that easy. It's, I would say, just try as much as you can to be proud of your identity, proud of your work, because there's no one like you. Hmm. With, I, I think as an actor, you're told while you're training and sort of when you're going out into the world that there are actors who are like you and there's people who look like you and you're in a sea of faces. And whilst I think, yes, there will be similarities, actually, you are unique. You've got a unique voice. And the more you champion that, I do feel the doors will open. It's not easy. You've yeah, got to bang sure. a lot of doors down. Yeah. Um, I, as a director, still have to bang doors down. Mm. Um, the doors are slightly ajar. <laughs> but yeah. even then, the doors are answered and they go, have you got awards? How many films have you done? And, and you're like, really? Mm. We're not. Should I have to reel off my CV? And I sort of feel like actors are in that position as well, unless you've been at the National Theatre. Mm. or unless you've been at the RSC or you've been on E4 or you've been on the BBC. It's difficult to get in with those casting directors. But I think be proud of yourself. Find that strength. Change that casting director's mind. Mm. Change that director's mind. Change that producer's mind. And um, if you have that belief, you might, not even you might, you will make positive change. For sure. For sure. And things are changing in general in the industry. They are. You know, there is change coming. There is. <laughs> it's, sure. it's there. It's on the horizon. It is. I want to ask you about pride. Mm-hmm. And It's coming I, up. I'm it excited. is coming up. Yes. Do you think it's still important and still has a positive impact? Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think um, one thing that I feel pride is doing now is it's, it's expanding. Yeah. And that, that expansion is really important. I, I, I heard recently, actually, um, this was in a school, there was a feminist group and they wouldn't allow a transgender female student into the feminist group because well, her experience wasn't authentically female. Yeah, that's not feminism. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's why pride yeah. needs to be there because... We're not just championing gay rights, Mm -hmm. lesbian rights. We're we're championing the trans rights, Mm -hmm. the queer rights, everyone's rights on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. There are people who go, it's pride, let's party. Yeah. I am absolutely one of those people. But at the same time, um, I'm there to talk and spread a message and I'm there to stand for all of those people. Yes. Who identify as queer, as trans whatever that might be. Yeah, um, for sure. We need it, we need it, and it needs to keep developing and keep building. Because also there's people in countries where it's illegal. It, yes, absolutely. And we're marching for them and we're celebrating for them. I think it's so important. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more important now, I think, that our spectrum is widening. Yes, our understanding is changing. Exactly. People yeah. are starting to educate themselves and that's f- for us to develop... Yeah, for sure. We need to force more people to educate themselves. Yeah. On that note, Simon, where can we see you next? What are you planning to do next? Where can people get in touch with you? Mm. Oh, 
What am I doing next? Well, um, Hold Hands or Hide is on Amazon Prime. It is, yes. UK and US. Um, that's free to watch, so you can watch that. I'm about to go into pre-production on my next film called One Train at a Time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about male suicide, um, which is another subject I think that is really important to talk about. Absolutely. Um, it's the biggest killer in yeah. young men up to the age of 35, 40. And then I'm shooting a, a horror comedy later this year. Ooh. But I can't say much about that either. <laughs> but um, that is uh, that is the film that has a central character who is the elderly female. Right. Which I'm really excited about. Um, people yeah. can look at your website or follow you on Twitter yeah. if they want to keep up to Follow me on Twitter at Simon Wegrin. Instagram at Simon Wegrin. My website is simonwegrin.com. And look, there's there's a contact page. If you've got a script, send it to me because I need to make films. <laughs> I need to make films. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Simon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. We hope you have a lovely Pride Month. And if you have any questions about today's podcast, drop us an email at questions at spotlight.com. That's all for now from the Home of Casting. <laughs> <laughs>